1: Now, incredibly, Roger, this year is the 20th anniversary of narrative Report, a movie about predicting the future, about predicting whether individuals are going to be behaving a particular way, and a movie about the future of marketing. Let's watch a trailer again. Look at me. Positive for Howard Marks. I'm placing you under arrest for the future murder of Sarah Marks and Donald Dubman that was take place today April 22nd at
0: 0800 hours 4 minutes. No.
1: Wow. So you said <laughs> during the introduction that you watched Monetary Report recently. I watched it about two months ago, I think.
0: Yeah, we watched it last night. Oh, um, wow. Trying to think about, I mean, we did originally own the DVD, and I did search through our pile of DVDs, but I couldn't find it. So I've either lost it sold it or lent it to somebody who's never given it me back so we did have to um we did have to go and find it online um and and pay to watch it but what an incredible film. i just forgotten how good it is. I mean, obviously, directed by Steven Spielberg and starring Tom Cruise, you know, those are two of the biggest movie heavyweights of all time. But I'd forgotten about the visual style of the film, you know, very sort of bright and silvery and almost washed out in certain aspects, incredibly detailed Plot. Um, I mean, on on the face of it, it's a it's a it's a police procedural, but it's a police procedural set in 2054. Um, But the most fascinating thing about it is that there's all sorts of technologies which are introduced around advertising and around surveillance and around data and around privacy, which at the time were obviously just predictions that Steven Spielberg and the team were making about what the future might hold. But when you watch it, again, 20 years later, you're sitting there thinking, my goodness, so much of this has actually come true. Uh, So not only do you get an incredible... Uh, film to watch purely from the entertainment point of view, but from a film marketing point of view, you get the double whammy because not only can we talk about how they marketed the film to people, but within the film, there's a whole narrative that we could talk about for hours about how marketing is developing and how technology might allow things to become even more intrusive than perhaps things are now. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm really pleased
1: that you had such a blast watching it again. Um, for us, it was one of those where we thought, what can we watch today? And I just said, <laughs> I wouldn't mind watching Minority Report again, because it's such a complex story. And we mentioned, obviously, the marketing challenge of the producers, the financers wanted a summer blockbuster mm-hmm. for the family. But what it got, really, was a very, what I call, adult story. I mean, you talk about the look and feel of the movie, but the tone is dark. I mean, this is looking yeah. at you know child abduction. This is looking yeah. at um, you know, the character play by Tom Cruise, literally uh, with a broken down marriage, a drug user, but a head of a an agency that is using the power of the precogs to essentially accuse people of a the murder they have not committed just yet, if everything that yes. that comes with it. Um, and for me, I don't think it's been done again since also. I mean, there's been you know, tons of sci-fi movies produced over the last 20 years, but one that is a real science fiction, which is about ask, inviting you to ask questions, inviting you to think, well, what would I do in that situation? But also doing a fair, fair job, as you mentioned, to predict where things are going and the way in which... Steven Spielberg has approached it by actually organising a think tank summit to invite people from all different industries and and sector in terms of what we're going to do about our future society. It is a really testament to their work as well as storytellers.
0: Yeah and and I think that that was the key to it. They spent a lot of time trying to visualise what they thought the future would be like but they didn't go so far off the wall, they kept it rooted in the reality of the time. So from uh, 10 years ago, they just pushed it A little bit further out didn't they and therefore what they came up with was was something which was maybe a natural progression and that's why it's so amazing to watch this film now and think gosh so much of this has sort of come true I mean you know this was before the iPhone this was before the Android phone this was before mobile phones became big I guess but you know a lot of the technology that they were predicting looks like the The phone technology that we have now, and and I think that is that is remarkable, and and that's why they they were so clever in those think tanks. You know, they didn't think they didn't reimagine the world where we grow everything, or or it was so super sci-fi, it was grounded in reality, and that's why it works. Yeah, it was in space opera, last Star Trek or, yeah. or Star
1: Wars. Yeah. You know, but yeah, you, you know, when you look at Minority report, you have the driverless cars. We are making good inroads in that. You have the multitude of ways in which you could be targeted as a consumer. I mean, the, the scene that always makes me laugh, you know, is one of my guilty pleasure, is when the character plays by Tom Cruise, you know, the, the, the head of the pre-crime unit, is at home eating some cornflakes, and then the box has an advert playing. Yeah. It's so irritating, yes. they throws the box across the room. And I'm thinking, well, yeah, anyone would do that, you know? It's so annoying. So there was also that element of it's clever, it's targeted, the way you could read your uh, face, the way you could read your, your eyes, and then send you or you know, read out to you a, a personal message about buying the next bit of clothing and the next perfume. But that invasion and that intrusion, and in, in the case of, obviously, his character, John Anderton, to be able to sneak into places but to forever being recognized because of the surveillance is, is
0: also very interesting. And, and again, you know, we, we in the UK particularly, we live in a surveillance-heavy society. You know, there are yeah. CCTV cameras on pretty much every wall and every corner and every street. So we're not far off the reality of some of these predictions. And, and, you know, that scene of him walking down the street and being targeted by ads, you know, we're not far off that again ourselves today. If you think about it, when we're online, the equivalent of his eyes being scanned by all of these sensors in order to target him with specific ads in the movie is the our equivalent i guess of the cookie uh, so that's why we get targeted ads based upon our preferences when we go onto facebook you know i'll go and um, have a look at a, a, a website for a, a hotel resort in barbados say and then lo and behold the next time i go onto facebook there in the in the adverts bit is an advert for a hotel in barbados that's what's happening in this film except it's based upon the eyes The only difference between the prediction that this film made and where we are today is that we still need to go online to to be targeted in the same way as Tom Cruise was in that film, whereas he actually physically walked down the street and was still targeted. So we're still a little bit away from that total intrusion, but you know what, Pascal? We will get there, and the metaverse will be part of this whole thing. Absolutely.
1: Just to close on the the film itself and and the production – so, I mean, people have praised the performance of Tom Cruise, Colin Farrell, and so on. But can we also just spend a moment on the character of Agatha, the the, the main precog, played by Samantha Morton? What a performance!
0: Yeah, I mean, she's remarkable and a, a UK actress. I think correct. She's she's very um, she's she's developed an an incredibly good career, mainly on TV, I think. But she's been in some extremely iconic. TV series over the years. So it's great to see her, you know, in her early days in this movie.
1: You were talking about the look and feel of the film. Uh, what, what is fascinating is that uh, if you can, all of you, if you don't have it, do buy the Blu-ray because if you are interested in film production and creation, the, the um, extras are just brilliant. It goes on and on and yeah. on to the details. So what yeah. they did, um, Steven Spielberg was working with, listen, us an old school cinematographer And they bypassed a bleaching process to clean up the film. So it wasn't Mm -hmm. actually um, like you would do nowadays where you would add something to a digital file. This is film. And they just bypassed a bleaching process to just retain some element of um, essentially slightly silverish and Mm -hmm. give it that that, uh, amazing coloration. And just final trivia, only because I'm a comedy movie nerd when it comes to Minority (laughs) Report and Spielberg's work, as you know, the the precog, the three... And I thought what was interesting about that Minority Report is that juxtaposition between the tech and the precog, you know, almost fragile um, yes. kind of, um, let's call them creatures, but people, in and being looked after very, very carefully. But the name they came up with a precog were all inspired by mystery writers, because this is a detective story, this is mystery, this is a, a murder mystery with some subsets in terms of the personal anguish of the main character but Agatha was obviously Agatha Christie we had also an Arthur for Arthur Conan Doyle and a yeah. writer that I'm not aware of a Dash for DeShiel Hammett all mm. kind of writers around murder mystery let's talk about the, the marketing and, and I kind of gave it away a bit this challenge of the producers wanted another Spielberg blockbuster for the whole family to go to, but in fact, it was a adult movie because the dark story and and the action is there, but there's not always a lot of action. It's, it's really that story being delivered over the course of a couple of hours. And that makes it difficult, doesn't it?
0: Yeah, and it was quite hard to do research on the actual marketing of this film. Um, and from what I can gather, Pascal, they didn't really do a great deal they relied purely on the two names spielberg and cruz and and that they almost thought that was enough to draw the crowds because spielberg plus cruz equals blockbuster it's almost like a it's like an equation of the film industry isn't it and and that's why Cruise Spielberg was the focus of the posters, many different posters, and the trailer that we we enjoyed a few moments ago. Now the taglines was quite there was I don't think I've ever seen as many taglines for a for a <laughs> film before. But what would you do if you were accused of murder of a murder you had not committed yet? Everybody runs. The system is perfect until it comes after you. Get ready to run. And, and there was at least ten more which I I haven't written down here, and. I, I think that, that that was enough to make the film attractive to the audience. And maybe maybe the family did think that they were going to see a summer blockbuster, and maybe some of them might have been a bit freaked out by what they actually saw and how dark it actually turned out to be. But it's still a very entertaining film at the heart of it.
1: It is. And so we start with, with the media coverage the there was three hooks almost for for this film one was the achievement from the technical point of view and look and feel as as you've mentioned then there was this almost kind of uh you know rejoicing in the future tech look you know what life would look like thanks to spielberg and and his colleagues and then the third hook which i thought you know what was re- really interesting was whether or not you know th- this is going too far and what is interesting is uh, even today there would be people writing articles looking at whether or not the prediction made by Spielberg and, and his uh, production team were indeed correct. So this is a movie that people talk about over and over again. The video clip of... Um, Tom Cruise going through the um, the shopping mall is played all the time at conferences mm-hmm. and webinars and so mm-hmm. on. And I'm not criticizing because that thing is so riveting and so uh, rich in in kind of uh, reactions and 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 st- storytelling. So there was different ways which they, they could uh, talk uh, about the film. But just to show you how harsh Hollywood is, when it was time for you know the uh, to do the the press junket, so go around the world, do different festivals. We were lucky in the UK, we had a premiere of my national report with, with Tom Cruise uh, there to salute the fans and do a, a, a number of things. There was one thing that they did said to Spielberg, no, that's okay, you don't have to go. And when Spielberg <laughs> asked why, he said, well, AI didn't really work, did it? So now we'll send Tom, but you can stay home. And that's just like, (laughs) this is Steven Spielberg we are talking about. But this is how harsh, you know, the financiers and producers can be about their decision-making. There was one kind of um, story that made the... the, the news in the U.S., which was around this idea of surveillance, you know, this idea of uh, you say the U.K. has got the gold medal in terms of the number mm-hmm. of CCTV cameras. So when people went to the premiere in the U.S., they were being tracked by cameras everywhere, yeah. and and they could check, you know, what footage was being told. So that that allowed people to to talk about it. But that was before social media, so all you could do is get that covered by press, um, and radio, and and TV.
0: Yeah, and do you know what? One of the things that really stands out in this film, and you can't help but notice it, is the product placement is absolutely off the scale. I mean, you mentioned Gap already, The you know, walking into Gap and um, and the, the, the computer generated image comes up and says, hey, how did you enjoy the top you bought six months ago? Blah, blah, blah. Again, highlighting the intrusive nature of adverts. Um, and you know what I always say, engage, don't enrage. But a lot of the adverts that these people are being subjected to in the film are enraging. I, I would be driven completely mad by them. But what I didn't know, Pascal, is that Spielberg effectively almost pioneered brand promotions in movies, going right back to E.T. when he was featuring Reese's Pieces, which were sweets. But in this film, there's at least 15, probably more, massive brands which get product placement. Um, You know, Gap, I've already mentioned, Burger King, Lexus, Nokia, Pepsi, they're all in there. And apparently... This contributed nearly a quarter of the whole of the budget of the film was derived from those product placements. Yeah, and talking about
1: budget, uh, once again, you know, the way in which a movie can be talked about, people were talking about Spielberg and Tom Cruise actually declining, getting a payment or a fee for making the film. Instead, they wanted a percentage of you know the profit fifteen percent each, and that he yeah. uh, almost became that infamous thirty percent of the money going towards Spielberg and and Cruise instead of uh, instead of a fee. And I think that was probably a very wise decision because that movie at the time, both in terms of
0: cinema but also DVD and Blu-ray, um, did make a lot of money. Yeah, and so I think the lessons for me from watching this film again almost re- that reaffirms my belief that a lot of marketing that we see today is intrusive and annoying. You know, those pop-ups that cover over what you're trying to read on a website, that's the equivalent of walking down the street and having an advert shouting your name. You know, it's it's as bad as that. And, you know, as marketers, I've always said it's a real privilege we have to communicate with our customers and to tell our customers how we can help them with our products. But we shouldn't abuse that privilege. And, and you know, it's 20 years old, but this film still makes some extremely important uh, lessons for marketers like you and I. And, and I guess the one thing that I just wanted to finish my opinions on is that whole idea, again, of having a think tank, thinking about the way things may turn out, but remembering to ground it in reality. And I think Steven Spielberg actually said at the start of those think tanks, I wanted all the toys to come true someday. And think about how many of them effectively have come true. That's that's visionary. That is visionary. Visionary.
1: For me, there's two standout scenes in uh, my documentary report in terms of, I want this the bit where he's accessing data using augmented reality. So he's wearing mm-hmm. th- those gloves and he's just having this great physical expression. I love the scene. Uh, I think he must have studied or been trained. It's almost like mm-hmm. uh, you know yoga-like or Tai Chi-like where he's moving his mm-hmm. hands, moving his arms and accessing information to predict a crime and then to get him and his colleagues uh, by the pre-crime unit to go out. So that's, see, for me, I just love watching it. The other one, which is more um, watching it whilst hiding my you know, my face behind my, my fingers, is when he goes through the operation to change oh. his eyes so that he can go through, um, you know, infiltrate the um, particular building without being recognized. And it's just um, horrible to watch. And of course, just to build the pressure, the way Spielberg knows how to, that's when they send the drones to these uh, little spiders to look for him.
0: Yeah, I mean, that scene, I remember Trish, Trisha said last night, I couldn't watch this at the cinema 20 years ago and I can't <laughs> watch it again tonight. It's a really harrowing scene. But, I mean, the, again, those little spiders, absolutely incredible. Uh, and that is a, such a tense scene. And yet those animated spiders are so small and yet they create so much menace. It's brilliant storytelling. absolutely. We could go on
1: for quite some time talking about Mindful Report and so on, (laughs) but we must find a way to bring this episode of Two kx Marketing Podcast to an end. So thank you so much for listening and watching episode 66. Until the next one, go out there and make sure your marketing is done right. He was Roger Edwards, and I was Pascal Fintoni. Bye for now.